Yes, people, it is day six. Yeah, day six, I think, right? Another week, still more great film action. And um, as always, we got another couple of films for you, people. So, yeah, sit back, relax, and um, see if these tickle the palate. Okay, people, so now we've um, got that out of the way, let's get into today's films. A couple of good ones for you, people. Let's go. Okay, people, so big news for the BFI Flair London LGBTIQ Plus Film Festival. Right, so... um. They're doing the screen talks. Yes, they are doing the screens talk series for this festival. And um, film and television actor Russell Tovey will be part of it. Yeah? And as part of BFI Flair's The Maker series, conversations with award-winning filmmaker, journalist and author David France... You know, and writer-producer Jay Garano Acaporta. You know, so um, all of the special events will be available for free for audience to access wherever in the world you are, right? And you can do it via the BFI YouTube, the Facebook channels, you know, it is all there for you, right? So, um, yeah, this 12-day event, which brings the best new LGBTIQ plus cinema from around the world via BFI Player to UK-wide audiences, will also feature discussions with the directors and BFI Flair, BFI Flair programmers for the films Well-Rounded and Rebel Dykes, both screaming at the festival, um, BFI Film Academy will also return with events for young creatives, and the BFI Flair community can indulge in their love of trivia and the music as the popular Big Gay Film Quiz is back. And the BFI Flair FM will keep everyone moving to the beats of their favourite BFI Flair dance party DJs over on the BFI Spotify page. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tickets for the features can be purchased via the BFI Flair website. Right, so um, there is a lot people there is a lot to talk about so with the screen talks russell tovey will be um he's will be up on friday the 26th of march at 7 p.m right um now with the makers you have um the joy Guerrero Acaporta, that will be taking place on Tuesday, the 23rd of March at 6pm. David France will be Wednesday, the 24th at 6pm. And um, then we have some events, right? So there's the well-rounded A Conversation. So that... That will be happening on Saturday, the 20th of March at 2 p.m., right? And um, you can hear from uh, assistant programmer Tara Brown, who is joined by Shana Mara. Um, And 
Candy Palamata, along with Lydia Okelelo. Right, so um, also you have a Dr. Charlotte Cooper. Um, yeah, and uh, Grace Barber Plenty. Right, so um, that should be pretty interesting. Now, on um, the Sunday, the 21st at 2 p.m., there is Rebel Dykes. A conversation, right? So, um, yeah, you will be able to hear from the co-directors Harry Shanahan and Shion Williams, along with Atalanta Kernick, uh, plus the um, programmer Jay Bernard and Tara Brown. So another. Very good, interesting thing to um yeah be down with. So the uh, BFI Academy events. So um, beyond coming of age, right? So that takes place at twelve p.m. on Saturday, the twentieth of March. Right, it's going to be a a Zoom event, which you you know will have to book for via. Even bright, event bright. Uh, the panelists will be Thomas Wilson White, the director of the fantastic The Greenhouse. You also get um, Thanasis uh, Tissipins, who directed Escaping the Fragile Planet. We got Noza Eke, who. Um, who is um, part of the alumni class from 2018 and Matthew Jacobs Morgan who um, is also from the 2018 alumni class right so you have that Um, then later on that same day at 3pm you've got family values right so this will be a conversation with Alexa Bacconi and Michelle Antonides. Again, that's going to be a Zoom conversation, right? So um, I make sure you get your tickets for that, people, right? So um, Bacconi um, directed Colors of Toby, and um, Antonides is the producer of Sweetheart. So, yeah. Right, so if you're a quiz fan, the Big Gay Film Quiz will be taking place on Monday the 22nd of March at 7pm. And um, it looks like that will be on the um, Facebook page. So, a lot, a lot to look forward to, people. So, make sure you mark those dates down and enjoy. So I kept on seeing these vibrant images and posters, which, um, yeah, kind of drew me to well-rounded. I mean, I didn't know what this is about, right? So, yeah, that's what I did. I checked it out. And it is from a director, Shana Mayara. Yeah, I, I, I feel that's how you uh, say it. So yeah, she um you know put it together. It's her first feature feature length piece. Yeah, I think that is definitely a, a dead trend of this year's um Flare Festival. There's a lot of first time people doing their thing and you know, like everything or not. Hey, you got to give it up to these people, man. You know what I mean? Being able to create things of a extremely good quality. You know, it, it is impressive. So, yeah, Shana, you know, she directed it. Uh, Winston Jing is her editor. Um, Alexandria Hona um, took care of the uh, animation. Um, 
you've also got Sam Davidson, who um, composed and handled the sound. Nico Stagius is director of photography. And then behind, um, I don't know, like you've got, this is camera with Sarah Race, Tony Carrera and Ellen Marple and Clark Nicolaia Color. Uh, so, yes. Now, the gist of this is, um, right, Shana Meyer's documentary focuses on fat and fierce babes in Canada who are using their creativity to clap back at diet culture that seeks to shrink marginalized bodies. Interviewees all tell stories of struggle, self-actualization, and radi radi <laughs> radicalization. Boom! Nailed it. And taking back charge in a fatphobic, racist, hetero, hmm, heteronormative society. Hmm. Here, fatness, queer identity, and race intersect in unique ways that never get represented in film, underlined with a fat base, a fat ass pace soundtrack. Um, yeah, soundtrack wasn't bad actually. And gorgeous animation, the animation is tremendous. It's a truly liberating film. And through its use of burlesque, comedy, dance, circus, media, and more, you will be left in no doubt of the intrinsic value of all bodies. DIY, direct, and full of heart, well-rounded, takes us through personal stories of terror and triumph. This is the fat queer film we've been waiting for. <laughs> so yes, I mean, obviously, so you, you might say they're slightly biased, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, no, it, it definitely touches on um, a lot of those points, right, and the people it features, so we have Candy Palmata, who um, hosts the Candy Show um, on Aboriginal People's TV Network and CBC Radio, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It says she used to be a lawyer and then she became a feminist comic. So, hmm. Now, the, the funny thing is, when, when she's um, describing herself, she's like, um... Oh, yeah, I was raised by bikers in the wilderness in northern Brunswick. And the way she said it, it did sound like she was um, part of... Uh, oh, God damn it. What's the um, Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we then also, we've got Ivory, right, who is a Toronto-based multidisciplinary artist you know she does um burlesque and um fire um fire eating this is what you call it right fire breathing fire eating um she does that right and and uh, you know sings and a whole heap of other things right she's an actress uh, we have lydia okello um who is a stylist writer editor um model you know she was born in uganda and um, moved to norway and now lives in vancouver and you also had joanna Sch joanna shang um who is an uh, it says an emerging comic right so, um, yeah, she tells her story. And then we have two doctors, 
you know, two doctors are featured. So there's a ja Dr. Janet Tomiyama, right? Um, yeah, who talks about um, her research, right? So, um, yeah, she's a de cliche um, in the, the representation of you know, exercise and dieting and, and that kind of thing, right? And then there's also Dr. Jenny Elson, um, who uh, has a book called uh, Being Fat. I think that that's, that's the, I believe that was the, um, the name of her book. Yeah, Being Fat. Right, so, yeah, I think it, it's an interesting thing, because, like, we're, we're following these people um these ladies as they're they're talking about their experience and there's definitely some horrific things right so like um candy talks about a smear test yeah and a pap smear yeah it's the same thing right isn't it yeah so she talks about a not so pleasant experience in, in regard to that right which yeah not great not great at all um and then like some of the others talk about their experiences like um you know i i think um lydia talks about hers which is interesting right because you know i think it's um jenny elson right she talks about no, actually, I think it was Janet, Janet Tomiyama, who says that a lot of times, you know, we get acceptance from family, you know, around things. So if people said mean things to us about, say, race, you can go back to your family because they're like you and you can sit and they'll be like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, but with weight, it, it's a different thing. But the interesting thing with Lydia is, right, she's like, um, you know, she she would talk about it to her family, and they'd be like, but we're Ugandan, and this is what Ugandans look like, and, you know, there's no issue around this in our country, and which, you know, is a different thing, but, yeah, that, I, that wasn't enough, so it is an interesting thing, right, so sometimes, even if some people are saying the things that you want to hear, it depends how many people are saying the other thing, right? It, 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 it's that counterbalance. Where Candy, you know, she was saying that in her early, early years, everyone around her was heaping so much love on her. The time she went out into the world, it didn't really matter. Because, you know, she had the reaffirmation, reaffirmation, I don't know. She had that, right? She had a solid foundation from the love she had experienced. So, I think there is, there's a lot of interesting things you can take out of this. I think a lot of what was said is, yeah, it's definitely a thing, right? But... I think there's other points that weren't mentioned a lot of the time. So, when it comes to fashion, <laughs> right, fashion is a very, uh, it's a tricky one, right? Because, you know, you know the, the ladies are talking about how, you know, it's difficult to try and find the clothes and, you know, the clothes that are there are, you know, cat prints, stuff like that. Right, which is something that you hear a lot. But he, the, the, the issue with fashion is it's not necessarily um, it, it's not necessarily on point for just even a you know someone that you might perceive as thin. Right, and it's crazy. So I know this just because I dated a fashion designer, right? And so, you know, every clothing house used fit models, 
right? But the fit models they use are usually tiny, tiny, tiny. So even if it's, say, a size, I don't know, 30, let's say 34, right? Size 34 um, waist, right? It's the smallest 34. Sometimes it might even be a 32 or a 33, and they just mark it up. But it's not a body shape that everyone has, right? But that's who they then um, model that clothing on. Right, so someone, because you, you, what you notice sometimes, you'll go to one place and you'll try something on. And it's, a, you, you, so you try this on, this top or these trousers or whatever, you know, one size. Then you'll go somewhere else and you need to go a, a size up or a size down, right? Because that size doesn't fit. And usually it's more likely a size up rather than a size down. And that's just because it's the fit models right so fashion is a it, it, it's an odd it's a difficult one to completely be like oh yes it is it's completely geared up towards because it is a mess now i will say it you know once you get to a certain size it does definitely become difficult right but it, it's not as clear cut as it is kind of voiced within the um, within the piece, and then also weight as well. Now the parameters of weight is is always a tricky one as well. And you know, I I worked for um, an obesity charity for a few, for a while, right? And so I know that we were always looking at BMI, and the fact that BMI wasn't the best parameter for you know assessing people's health right because you know when you take when you look at say rugby players you know american football players like there's a lot of athletes who would be classed as obese <laughs> which is insane right there's a lot of athletes who are in great shape that yeah would be classed as obese you know so Weight is one of those tricky things, and it's not necessarily just, oh, you're this size, so you are unhealthy. That That is definitely a thing, definitely. You know, there's height, right? I mean, height is a, a, a factor that you need to, you know, look into. But I, I think one thing which isn't really... I don't think it's mentioned at all. It's just the fact that, yes, it's not necessarily size, but it's a case of, can you, you know, do simple things? Like, can you walk up a flight of stairs without having to stop numerous times to um, catch your breath, right? So it's things like that, right? I mean, just simple little things like that will tell you if you're in shape because that's where um i think the, the the key of it is it's like are you in shape right and that's when it's you know a health thing otherwise yeah for sure everything that is getting said it's about um you know being happy it's about being comfortable in your own skin because you know <laughs> Not everyone has to like you, right? Not everyone has to be like, oh, I find you attractive or, you know, I want to be with you. No, but there's a lot of people that will, right? And, and that's just the nature of things. Like, you can look at things and be like, I don't like that. But it's like, that's fine, but someone else will, you know? And, and I think that's the thing. But it's definitely an interesting it's an interesting piece because, you know, it, it's having all of these people talk about their experiences and things like that. One crazy thing is, like, when you see, you know, they, they bring up, like, photos of um, Joanne 
and um, Joran, Lydia, and Ivory when they were younger. And they're like, oh, yeah, so when I was young and, you know, I was so big and blah, blah, blah. And you look at the photos, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you weren't big in those photos, right? That's the crazy thing. It's just like... <laughs> And I think that's one of the big problems is, you know, if you're getting victimized for being the size they were in those photos, right, that's crazy, right? Because, yeah, they weren't big in the photos. So I think it's, it is one of those things that needs to be addressed, right? It needs to, it does need to change because there is a... There is definitely a bias on things, right? And there's this perception of, which, meh, I think it is slowly changing, which is definitely a good thing. So it's moving in the right direction. But I think there's definitely things that get in the way of it going, you know, further in the direction at a quicker pace, right? So I think it's... It's important to tell these stories, but I think it would be good to have, like, everything kind of cut, everything covered, but I know it's difficult when you're dealing with an hour-long piece, right? That, you know, you, you want to fit everything in and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it would have been good if, the doctors had mentioned, you know, just some of the, the health aspects. Because some of the, a lot of what they were saying, again, is correct. But you can't just talk about it in the broad strokes, right? So it's just like, oh, yeah, so just because someone is big doesn't mean they're unhealthy. Yes, true. But that's not across the board. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not everyone. It's like... You know, some people who you look at and you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're in perfect shape. Their arteries are clogged, right? Their arteries could be clogged and they could drop down with a heart attack, right? Which is a another thing. So it's it's not a universe. None of this is a universal thing. And we have to approach it on an individual case, right? I, I think that's the thing. And I think some of the things that are in place, because it's, uh, you know, viewed as like, uh, you know, if everyone is just, you know, like this, it's easier to, across the board, try and keep a handle on it, which it definitely isn't the best approach, but you understand why that approach was taken at a point of time. But, um, yeah, I, I really like the you know, the way that they've, you know, merged the animation within, you know, the, the, the interviews and everything like that. I think that it's fun, right? It's fun. It's very vibrant. There's such a use of these bright colors that, you know, kind of help bring this piece to life, right? I, I think that's a lot of fun. Some of the images, like, there's a lot, of, you know, of um, Lydia and Joanna just standing by a wall and blah, blah, blah. I, I did think some of that could have been cut slightly, you know? But, um, yeah, and the same with just Ivory walking along the street. I mean, I, I think some of that, that could have been cut. But as a whole, visually, this is... is, is very nice to look at, right, it's enjoyable, and I think all of that does help, because essentially when you have people just talking, and it's good to find ways to draw people in, and I think that's a good way of doing it, the, you know, the colour, the music, the animation, and then just the way they've chopped it up, you know, so yeah, on that level it definitely works, and as I said, look, the, the stories that are told by, you know, Lydia, Joanna, um, Ivory, and Candy, I think it, it, it's good that those are told, right? Because I think, 
however else you might want to look at it, like people hearing that stuff is going to be helpful. There is someone that will watch this, hear those stories and be like, oh, okay. All right, cool. It, it, it's normal then. Okay, awesome. You know what I mean? And, and that's great. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, because that's the thing, like, Lydia was talking and saying, you know, she didn't see people like her and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah, you know, sometimes you, you need to know that someone else is going through the same thing as you. So, you know, okay, I'm not crazy. Right? So, yes, I, I think it's going to be helpful in that respect. And, um, yeah, it, it's good to have these things, right? So, if you're interested in, like, body positivity and, you know, that kind of thing, then well-rounded could be for you, right? So, it is playing until 11.59 on Sunday the 28th of March. So, um, yeah, you've got all, uh, uh, you know, five more, seven more, six more days. Yes, six. Yeah, that's right. Six more days. So, yeah, people, go watch it. Go check it out. Um, the information, you know, all the links and whatnot are in the episode details. So, that's for the, like, the you know, the trailer, the website, social medias, all of that. And, um, yeah, people, you know, give props to Shayna Marara for her um, feature-length documentary, you know, very well put together, well-rounded. Have you ever booked somewhere, you know, like a, um, oh gosh, you know, uh, that whole, uh, man, I can't think of, Airbnb, yes, something like that, right, you booked to sublet someone's place, and you turn up, and they've messed up the dates. Oh man, that that is a big fear, right? And it, people, it is also the plot of Ethan Fox's new film. You know, so Fox, um, yeah, also co-wrote the film with Ite Siegel. Um, the producers on the film are Leon. Edery, Moish Edery, Simon Istalanian, Stuart Kurlander, Mikey Rambitsovitz, Gail Uchewski, Orvinte, and Avital Yusefi. Music is from Tom Darom and Asa Raviv. And cinematography is Daniel Miller. Right, we have a um, yeah, great cast. Right, so um, yeah, Jonathan Benjamin Hickey is in it. You know, veteran actor of film and TV. He plays Michael. Um, we've also got Niv Nissim. He plays Toma, uh, Michael's landlord, as it were. We got um, Lihi Conwiski. She plays Daria, one of Toma's friends. Um, we got Mickey Cam, who plays Malka. Uh, David, who is played by Peter Spears. That's Michael's um, husband. You know, we got uh, Kobe, who's played by Tamir Ginsburg. You know, they're our um, our main people i would probably say but um yeah this is a it's a very interesting film people the gist is the gist is this right michael a new york times travel writer who takes on a rental apartment for a week's assignment to discover the real tel aviv um along with uh you know toma who has mixed up the dates and is reduced to sleeping on his own sofa. 
a freewheeling, ambitious, mixed-up young man whose love of marijuana and sex seems a world away from Michael's. Toma nevertheless offers to guide Michael around the city and they soon find they have more in common than they thought. This, um, yeah, this then builds up into something very, very interesting, right? Um, when it first came on, oh man, I thought I'd fucked up, right? Because, um, yeah, it, it is in, um, it does have Hebrew subtitles, and so, um, yeah, because, of, you know, the film is opening up and there's all this Hebrew writing, and I'm just like, ah, good damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Am I going to have to turn this off? Uh, you know, but, the, you know, I don't think the subtitles, like, there are a few subtitles throughout the film, but I don't think um, too much pivotable, pivotal, pivotal, important stuff happened within the subtitles so yeah i i was able to follow the film without having um read any of them which is yeah that's a good thing so we open up and yeah michael he's you know on one of those hmm like moving walkways at the airport i, I can't think if they have an actual name but yeah we see him on one of those and he then arrives at the place he's staying. Knocks on the door. He's not sure if he's got the right place because, you know, there's a load of people inside. And, um, yeah, then there is this realisation that dates have been muddled. Dum, dum, dum. Yes, a muddling of the dates, people. So it's then trying to work out what the hell to do. You know, and um, they they kind of work it out, right? So Toma is gonna go stay somewhere else, and um, Michael has the flat. It's not quite what he was expecting, you know, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously, this Toma mixed up all the dates. Uh, everything's a little bit of a mess. And in a disarray. So, yeah, Michael is, um, yeah, he's a bit kind of frustrated. It You do get the sense, right, from the beginning that Michael is a bit uh, shut off. You know, he's not rude or anything like that, but there's, there seems to be something that he's repressing, right? But... He's got this assignment, you know, he, he's, he's writing is, he goes somewhere and he's looking for, you know, the real essence of the place, right? So, um, yeah, that's what happens, right? But he, um, you know, he, he sees Toma um, from the balcony one day and um he asks him what's going on and everything like that and he finds out that you know he hasn't really got you know he's just couch surfing and um you know they grab a coffee and they're talking and everything and he tells him that you know the places he's looking to see and all of this and tom is a bit like uh you know what that isn't the real you know jerusalem right so it would tel aviv even <laughs> um and so he takes him about he takes him about and shows him the cool spots and yeah they're in you know it's great because that's what i mean that's what you want right when you go away somewhere you don't necessarily i mean i don't know it depends what sort of traveling you want to do sometimes the tourist spots are great but Sometimes you, you know, that all feels a bit manufactured, you know, so you want to know, like, where are the real good places to eat, you know, what's the great places to see and hang and all of that, so, yeah, Toma does that for Michael, and, 
you know, he he then's like, oh, where are you staying? And Toma hasn't really got anywhere to stay, so he's just like, yo, just crash on the couch. And that's what happens, right? And so through that, everything kind of opens up, right? It, it's this really, you know, it's this interesting kind of perspective because you've got Michael, who is, I don't know, we don't actually get an age for Michael, I don't think. But, I don't know, in his 50s, right? And Toma, who's in his 20s. So very di different ends of the spectrum on what they do and how they, you know, enjoy life and all of that. So we get these two worlds coming together and, you know, trying to, you know, find that happy medium and just open up to, like, new possibilities and stuff. Now, all the time we are doing all of this, like, Michael is, um, he gets some phone calls, right? He gets some phone calls and we see him communicating with his, uh, you know, with his partner. Right, so um, yeah, we 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 find out what the situation is with David, and like the conversations all seem a little bit. I don't know. There's a they're not unkind or rude or anything like that, but there does seem a restraint, a hesitance there, which. I think we kind of find out what it is later on in the film. And I think we also realize what's going on a bit with Michael. You know, because he, he seems very protective at times. Like, it, he sees a kid on the beach, and the kid looks like it's on its own, and it's going to get drowned. So he runs over to save it. You know, and there's other times when he, you know, he looks at a mum holding a kid and stuff like that. So there's these these things about Michael that we don't necessarily know, but do become clear as the film is coming to a close. And it all makes sense, right? You understand what these things have been that have been weighing on Michael, right? You You get to see all of that stuff. And um, it's interesting because throughout the film, they have these, di both of them have these differences. And it's not like, ah, you know, confrontation or anything like that. It's just like, ah, you know, this is what I like. This is what you like, you know. But as the film goes on, you see them kind of step out of the comfort zones right, try these new things and take on these new perspectives, you know, so it's kind of an interesting five days as it flies on the wall watching these interactions, which is, yeah, definitely a great thing, and, like, there's these interesting moments, right, Toma gets his bike stolen, and Michael's a bit like, why don't you just call the police? Because Toma knows where the bike is, right? Someone steals it for this bike shop, and then the bike shop tries to sell it. And um, he, you know, he confronts the owner, and the owner's just a bit like, even though he's proven it's his bike, right? The bike seller still wants him to pay a silly amount of money for it. And, um, yeah, Michael's a bit like, oh, you should call the police, man. And he's like, um... Eh, no, because the police are racist, and you know they'll kick the people out of the country, and you know it's around immigration and all of this, and so you know you you, I think that moment in itself tells you a lot about Toma, right? Even though this thing has happened to him, which isn't great, right? His mood of you know getting around has been taken. He still understands, right, the, the, the plight of people. And he's not looking to, uh, yeah, he's not looking for a certain retribution. 
you know what I mean? Like, listen, they, they, they're trying to do a scam, fine. But that doesn't equate for their life to be completely fucked. You know, so, yeah, there's a kind of honour in that, you know? And we see these these little things and these moments throughout the film which really kind of bring this personal nature to it. You know, these f weird conversations, like um, when Toma talks to Michael about a book Michael wrote, and Michael's a bit like, oh, yeah, it's about this, and Toma's like, ugh, why is it always blah, blah, blah? And he's like, well... No, I lived that. That was my life. He's like, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, which is kind of, you think about it, it, it's one of those things that happen sometimes, right? Just because we haven't experienced something, sometimes you blurt out like, ugh, that's implored. Like, that's not ever going to happen. Like, oh, why would someone like that? And then the person you're with is be like, well, you know, I like it, or I've done that, and I've been, and it's, yeah, just because you haven't doesn't mean someone else hasn't either, you know, and, and yeah, I, I think we get these interesting looks in the film, and, you know, we you do kind of feel like you're exploring Tel Aviv yourself, right, and Toma, some of his friends come over, Right, so we then get even more like interesting looks into um, what goes on, like his friends, the dancers, you know. So um, we get to see all of this, a little dance show and everything like that. And yeah, it's great. So busy's there for five days. Each day, it starts off with you know. So on the screen, like um, we get a day one, like day two. Which, um, yeah, you know, not a bad little device to help you, you know, understand where the film is going and what's going on. I have to say, day five, uh, day five started very abruptly, which was a very irritating because they were playing a great song. I, I really enjoyed the song that was playing at the end of day four. And then it just stops, stops suddenly because it's like now day five. And I was like, God Damn it. Urgh. But yeah, good music throughout. Good music throughout that just really heightened the vibe and the experience of it all. And I just think the end, the end seemed like it was a nice ending, right? Because you just thought both a walking away changed. You know, both have now enriched their lives through this, you know, mistaken experience, which, I mean, that's kind of great, right? That, that, that's, that's the best scenario and something that you just hope that you can, you know, be touched by different elements of life and learn, walk away with some new knowledge and that's what, yeah, seems to have happened with um, Michael and Toma. Yeah, I, 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 I ain't going to lie. I am kind of curious to know what happens next for them, right? I, I'd be down for something that touches back a few years later, maybe. Like, um, you know, Linklater's Before Trilogy. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that would be... And, uh, an interesting kind of thing to do, but, you know, technically we do not need it, because in and of itself, sublet is a very satisfying and enjoy enjoyable picture. So, um, people, I, I would, yeah, say, give it a shot, you know. Eaton Fox has done a, a, a fantastic job with this, and, you know, John Benjamin Hickey and uh, Niv Nassim, yeah, they're tremendous. You know, they're, they're extremely good in these two, you know, roles <laughs> of, like, planets circling each other, right? And if, as time goes on, they sync up, 
You know, they, 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 yeah, they they give us these great characters who, although vastly different, they connect on so many other levels. So yes, people, if you get the opportunity, and um, it is playing until eleven fifty nine on that Sunday the twenty eighth of March, right? It's available in closed captions. And remember, there will be um, subtitles in some parts of the film, okay? But enjoy it, people, because I definitely did. Okay, people, so yeah, there you have it. Another one done. So, remember, go to the episode. We got all the links and everything like that. Because you, you should follow these directors and talent, right? Because you know this was great. So what the hell are they going to do next? And remember, just go follow the BFI socials. Because there's another heap of events and everything happening in this last week. Alright, people. So um, we'll be back tomorrow with more film action. Alright, people. Thanks for tuning in. Share with your peoples. Do all of that. Like us on iTunes. And we will see you on the flippy side. Alright, people. Until tomorrow.